Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Derby, Derby, Derby week, May the 2nd, 2019. Gino Bocola here alongside the main man, Mike Abadir. Mikey, great time in the world of sports right now. Lots going on, but this is going to be a, a pretty horse racing centric episode of the Mike Abadir show. You know, up until now, whenever we've had like a guest, whether it's a coach, an athlete, uh, a beat writer from a certain team, they've uh, they've had pretty good luck. So I'm really bummed that uh, our excellent guest from last week, Hall of Famer Mike Smith, oh, uh, bummer, is gonna, right? not going to be riding in the Derby. I'm really that's bummed about that. And he had a great great interview with us uh, where he went through you know kind of the, the decision making process on why he decided to stick with Omaha Beach, and yeah, we found out unfortunately this morning that Omaha Beach is going to be scratched and will not be running in the Kentucky Derby now. And that's going to change things a little bit um, as far as, you know, right off the bat, who's going to be the favorite now? Omaha Beach is a favorite. It'll probably be game winner, I think, I'd imagine. Um, and it, it's, it's funny when you look at it, and we'll, we'll bring in our, our first guest, because I know we have him on the line in, in a second. It wouldn't be that crazy if Baffert hit the trifecta. I mean, legitimately, he's going to have three of the top five betting choices. If they ran one, two, three, would it be that crazy? No. It would not be that crazy. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, I don't either. But, 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 it's it, but it wouldn't be. It would not be that crazy. I mean, it wouldn't even. Be, it wouldn't even pay that much. No, <laughs> if it did. No, right? it wouldn't. It yeah. wouldn't. But but you know, on that note, it's to me one of the fascinating things is uh, they're side by side, sixteen, seventeen, right? Game winner yeah. roadster. Yeah, that's very right. curious to kind of uh, hear what what Baffert's instructions to each uh, would be, and um, that would be. Kind of cool. If one sits back, uh, stalks just a little bit, and it, it, somehow they ended up finishing one two or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't at all be surprised. Um, I know obviously people that are listening in are hoping that maybe they hear an ice cold long shot, perhaps uh, exacta, or or maybe a cold cock exacta uh, from Dave. But um, I've got a couple of at least underneath plays that I think can uh, spice things up if it were Baffert over Baffert. So, you know, let's get, let's get to it, G. Let's get right to our first guest, our good friend, one of the uh, the members of the Degenerate Hall of Fame. You know him from TVG, and this year, you know him from all over, from, from FanDuel, more ways to win, expanding his horizons. He's one of the biggest stars in the world right now, just skyrocketing to superstardom. Dave the Dream Weaver. What's going on, buddy? What's up, Dave? First ballot degenerate Hall of Fame inductee. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Dave. So this is a great week for us because you know, we we don't care if it's a grade one or if it's a, a five thousand claimer. Five to one is five to one. We'll take the action anywhere we can get it, but this week there are so many different options, so much opportunities on Friday and Saturday with huge cards. So let's kind of start with Friday, and, and we'll just really stick to the two big races. The Oaks, looks like there's a lot of speed. Not a lot of the horses that were, the Phillies that were good at two, have improved at three. Lots of question marks in this race. How do you see it unfold? Yeah, I mean, they don't write 20-horse fields and 14-horse fields for the five claimers. So as much as we just <laughs> want to equate it to 
odds are odds. The reason we love these races is because there are so many possibilities, so many different combinations in an exact uh, trying a super where it's paying stacks. Like you said, even if it's all Baffert, it, it wouldn't pay 80 bucks. Millions, it'd still pay a couple of hundred. I, oh, yeah. I don't like that. We'll talk about the Derby a little bit later on, but we've got to find some prices. Bellafine is two to one on the morning line. She's going to be less than that, right? Maybe around six to yeah. five, seven to five. Yeah, she's going to be really short. I, I'm again. I'm kind of against. And I got to beat her. I mean, yeah. we have to. So who who are we going to? Who are a couple of the opportunities that we have to beat her with? So you mentioned that you know the the sharp two year old, which specifically you were probably talking about. Jaywalk hasn't appeared to come back that well at the age of three. I absolutely think she could rebound here. You know, remember that too. Breeders' Cup juvenile? That was at Churchill. You know, she loves it here at Churchill. I think she's going to run much better than we've seen in her first two starts this year. And then what's wrong with the horse that just won at 52 to 1 at Keeneland, the Ashland, out for a spin? I mean, she was 52 to 1. She looked like she was even money. They were not getting by her in that race. And just because she was overlooked last time out, she's probably going to get overlooked again here and be, you know, a $30 winner if she gets it done. And she beat the one and two, the first and second finishers from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. You know, so you not only do you go buy Jaywalk, but then you hold off Restless Rider. I agree. That wasn't a, that really wasn't a bad effort there. Um, let's see. Anyone else in the field who kind of meets your eye horses to use in the exotics? Well, Champagne and anyone is very hot right now. And that was um, Florida Derby weekend when I was there at Goldstream Park when she was able to win the Goldstream Park Oaks. I was extremely impressed. Um, with the way that she got the job done. I didn't particularly like her on that day, and she really caught my eye. Chris Landeros, he's never won a grade one race before. He's won three grade twos, including last time out with this horse, and eight grade three. So he knows how to win stakes races, but this would really put him on the map. So I think it's a big opportunity for Chris. Uh, Ian Wilkes had a great meet at Keeneland, wrap it up last week, hitting close to 30%. So you got some connections right now that, would really love to win this grade one. Let me ask you guys, what do you guys think of uh, Flora de la Mar, Bob Baffert's runner? Uh, I was doing some reading and, and research and read that she's a really big, big horse that wasn't used to her size. And one thing that we know about Baffert is he usually doesn't enter these horses unless they've got a legitimate chance to win, um, not just get into the superfecta or third or whatnot. Um, have, do you guys have an opinion on uh, her at 20 to 1? We've taken Go ahead, Gino. Oh, go. You first. I'll, uh, I'll, the, I'll silence, the silence to me sounds well, like uh, she's like a naff for you well, guys. I'm, I'm always, I'm always, it's, isn't it weird when you, whenever you see Baffert in a race like this at a big price? Because I'm always scratching my head a little bit because he knows how good the good horses are. He doesn't get Derby fever or Oaks fever at all. So if if he didn't think this filly was nice and had a legitimate chance to at least hit the board, I don't think she'd be in this spot because he could run her in a million different other places where she would be odds on. I always get that feeling, at least with Baffert, like even in one of the undercard races, he has a he has a horse in the race with Marley's Freedom. And you wonder, you know, well, Marley's Freedom, you know, is going to be a, the heavy chalk in here why would he put another horse in there maybe he doesn't think that 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 one is too far up they're too far apart from each other in talent but i, I think under would be the only way i could use this one is like because because right dave there's just too much speed in here i don't think she's going to be able to get the type of trip she would need to win or to perform really well uh, i don't like her um you know mike likes to read in his spare time 
That's the last thing I like to do. I, reading is not one of my favorite hobbies. So all the articles that you read are giving you a lot of information. All I want to read, I don't want to read the words. I want to read the numbers. So if I'm looking at the speed figure specifically, I like to use Thorograph. She's just not, she's not fast enough. You know, she's going to need to improve her best race by a lot. And um, I just don't think it's going to happen. But it's very rare to see 20 to 1 on the morning line in a grade one when Bob Baffert is attached to the horse. I mean, that's one thing. The other thing, too, is, you know, we've seen over the last few years, you haven't run as a two-year-old, no problem. You're lightly raced, no problem. You know, the, the horse, it seems like he's just got that knack for when the horse is ready to take that next step forward. You know, Arrogate didn't have a lot yeah. of fanfare, although I think, Dave, I, I want to say you liked her, uh, liked uh, him going into the uh, Travers, if I remember correctly, but and all of a sudden, a huge performance. So uh, I'm not saying that this is like a, my stone-cold winner, stone-cold winner or anything like that, but maybe like Gino said, it, using underneath might not be uh, the worst stab in the world. Okay, we... I'm so- not using her, but I'm going to go... I'm going to try to get live and pick for ending to the one out for a spin the seven jaywalk and the 10 champagne anyone. And I would feel pretty comfortable at least having those three chances to end. There we go. You just nice. I love the chucking out the uh, fave. Yeah. I I think think, Yeah. Chuck it out. You know, if you're, if you're playing, if you don't love Bellafina, then why are you going to use her? True. If you love, if you think she can win, then you're only, then you should only use her single her and spread her out, spread around or try to use some bombs underneath. But, if you like, you know, don't go three or four deep in a pick four and use Bellafina. It doesn't I mean, make sense. The only way I would is it. if I have some some, some really absolute good prices. bombs earlier. Yeah, in, early in on. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's go to, let's move to Saturday, Dave. Let's talk Derby. Now, uh, we, we talked about Omaha Beach, unfortunately, will be missing the race. And it looks like even High Cal, um, they, I think they're going to make the announcement tomorrow. But from what I was hearing and, and reading, and I did some reading too, Dave, uh, it looked like High Cal <laughs> might be scratched tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so, okay, let's go through the field. Give us some well, of the well, contenders before, that you like. Hey, Gino, before, before that, Dave, what was your take on Omaha? Was that, was, was, was he your winner? I wasn't, I was going 10 deep and not using him. So wow, as okay. a gambler, you know, so it bummed. doesn't do me any good. It's terrible for the connection. Put, yeah. put my gambling opinion aside that I was not going to use him. And now that's uh, money that would have been in the pool, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares sure. about me? It's just terrible to have the Kentucky Derby favorite, not get a chance to run, but no, I didn't like him to begin with, uh, as far as betting. Okay. So now we—he's game winner going to be favored. You think? I could see six horses being favored. Honestly, I mean, it's yeah. probably going to be one of the three Bafferts. But you know, when people look at maximum security, they see a horse has never lost that wins by twenty lengths every time. He's going to get bet. Uh, Tacitus has won three in a row. He's going to get bet. The three Bafferts are going to get bet. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a cinch game winner goes favored, but. Between those five horses, I think they'll all be between five and nine to one, I guess, somewhere in there. And, okay, so of, we, we didn't like Omaha Beach a whole heck of a lot. You said you might be going 10 deep. So let's go through some of the horses that you think can win or horses that you will be using in some of your exotics. So kind of take us through, through the list of horses you like or, or uses for you. So War of Will is my top pick. You know, when he drew the inside... Did I like it? No. But at the same time, everybody I hear is saying, oh, can't win, throw them out. Good. So now I'm going to get 28 to 1 instead of 18 to 1. And, yeah. you know, I like Tyler Gaffleone. There's not, I mean, 
it's not a lot of speed in the race. I don't think there's a you know 100% chance that he has to get into 30 lengths of trouble into that first turn. He's got natural speed. I think he breaks, gets in front of a couple, lets maybe two or three go, and hopefully it's a trip. I mean, just because looking at Lucky got a bad trip eight years ago or whatever that was, doesn't mean that every horse since then has had a bad trip. It's not the case, but I think it's a little bit over-exaggerated that just because you drew the one, you're absolutely dead. I'm not buying it, and I love War Will. You know, I liked him all the way um, after the Risen Star really caught my eye. I wasn't sold on him, but the way he won that day, this horse has so much ability, and then he came back in the Louisiana Derby, and something wasn't right early on. He just wasn't... Yeah. Moving he took very a goofy smoothly. step. He, he just never looked comfortable. Slightly, he, you know, he, he suffered some sort of some sort of injury that just threw him off um, a couple of you know works where they weren't going to go into the Derby. And then all of a sudden, they figured out, holy cow, he's good now. Let's let's get him to the race. And he had the points. They've been training him up to the Derby, and he loves Churchill. Mark Cassie has never seen him look better than he is right now. So. If, if the rail is the only thing that's going to beat him, that's to me, that's not what's going to beat him. It's, he's going to be a little bit of a short horse because he hasn't raced in a little while. But I think ability, like at, when it's all said and done, when you look at this crop two years from now, War Will is going to be the best horse of these three-year-olds. Will, will Saturday be the day? I think it will. But there's a chance that, that he gets beat and then still ends up being the best of them all. I, I mean, i just really high on, on what he is going to do in, in his – next year or two of racing well another positive factor too is that he won on the slop routing at uh at the track at churchill right that doesn't hurt distance i don't think is an issue i mean if you're just looking at on the paper and seeing oh well ninth beating 12 and he was stopping no something happened in that race that was not the war of will that that i know and i don't think that's the the, the race that we can look at so just put a big black line through that if he would have won that race, guys, he probably would be, be right the in there with in the, the Kentucky you're Derby. Talking about to, to be favored. Now you're, he would be right in with that group of four or five. I, I don't think there's one horse in the field this year that lost more as far as in his reputation from the one poor performance. You know, and we, you know, we got to remember he didn't need that race either. That wasn't a race that he had to win to get in. He already had secured the points. He already had a little foundation, and y- you find a reason why he he ran poorly. So. That, that's what's great. There's, you're going to get a great price on him, Dave. And I, I think that's the key point is probably eight to 10 points higher odds wise. I think just because he drew the rail. I, I, I agree. And I'm okay with that. Uh, so I'm using him and the horse that beat him in the Louisiana Derby by my standards, who at that point was only a maiden winner. Boy, was that a big race. I'm not throwing him out of 20 to one, 20 to one. <laughs> Excuse me. That's the price I'm going to use um, of the Bafferts. I like the probable best. Sure. I'm not going to use Roadster. Game winners would be tough to throw out of the try and the super entirely. But if, if I had to take one Baffert horse, it would be improbable. Here with Dave Weaver from TVG, good friend of the Mike Avedere show. And uh, and then just, you mentioned War of Will, so you mentioned Improbable. Um, any of, uh, let's see, through the 11 through 20 horses, we have... Code of Honor, win, 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 Master Fencer, Long Range Toddy, Spinoff, Country House, any, on, anything on any of those? Eh. Yeah, Code of Honor. Um, you know, that found a youth win was awesome. Came back and just really got no help in the Florida Derby. Yeah, he lost to Maximum Security. He lost to the Maiden, Bodie Express. But he never had a chance from 
eight when they went twenty five essentially into that uh, opening quarter. It was it was all over for him. Clearly, there's going to be a faster pace here in the Derby. I would not ever count out Shug. Um, you know, Johnny V made the mistake in 2013 when he had the opportunity to ride Orb for Shug, who he won the Florida Derby with. He went to Verrazano for Pletcher. Well, this kind of is a year to, to make amends for that because Pletcher has a horse, a couple of horses in the race, and Johnny V is saying, nope, made that mistake once. I'm not going to make it twice, and it'd be nice for him to kind of make amends and, and pick up a Derby win for Shug. That's good stuff, man. Hey, Dave, let me ask you, where are you going to be uh, coverage-wise this weekend and throughout the Triple Crown uh, series? So I'll be on TVG um, both Friday and Saturday from around 9 in the morning until 2, just kind of mixing in from a side set, from the touch screen, from the couch, from the set, just kind of bouncing around all our zones there in the studio. So by the time the Oaks and the Derby come around, you tell me where we're meeting for a cold beer. Um, I'll be pretty much done with my shift at that point. And I booked my ticket to the Preakness. So I will be live on site. um, That's been like like the third year for you now? Going third or fourth? This will be the uh, the sixth year in a row, believe it or not. In a row? Time flies. Yeah. Look at me. Starting with with California Chrome. Oh, um, yeah, you're right. Pharaoh. Exaggerator, uh, cloud computing. Yeah, we, we're 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 on a we're on a streak now. I know time time does fly. The man, Dave. Thank you so much, buddy. I know Mike has one more. Uh, yeah, one I was gonna, gonna, Yeah, I was gonna ask you if you're gonna be golfing for the Sam Thompson uh, Foundation uh, come June. Well, my focus that day will be on drinking. Um, <laughs> there will be some golf involved as well, but yes. Um, I actually have the flyer right here because I carried it around in my car and tell everybody about it on June the 10th at Glendora Country Club. It's 2500 bucks a person, so if you want to bring out a foursome, it's $500 donation to the Sam Thompson Memorial Foundation. Um, obviously a great cause and a, and a really good time. We're going to have some fun people there, a great golf course. I played it before. Um, it's in an absolutely fantastic location not too far from Santa Anita, so Anybody that wants to come out and play, we'll be there. Yeah, and Mike uh, Mike Smith last week said that he'll he'll come by. He's not going to golf, but he's going to come hang out and meet and greet and all that good awesome. stuff too. So should be a really really fun time, and I'd highly recommend if anybody wants to spend an afternoon with uh, Dave Weaver. Uh, that's that's going to be a good time. If you can't Woo! get into a foursome, there's other opportunities. Make sure as to well. bring your wallet because you know Dave's not paying. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, awesome, buddy. Thanks so much. Uh, great great hearing from you, like always. And best of luck this weekend with uh, with War of Will. Hopefully it makes you some money. Thanks, Dave. And if you want to get registered for that, it's uh, www.samthompsonfoundation.org. All right, guys, thanks. Appreciate thanks, it. Cool. Let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll continue talking derby. Our next guest will be joining us shortly, Emily Gullickson. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show. Big thanks to Dave Weaver there. Dave, talking Oaks and Derby with us and... We'll have our next guest, Emily, joining us in just a few moments. But sometimes, Mike, we have these shows when we bring in a lot of guests. And then by the end of the show, we don't even have very much time for us to give our selections. You want to spend a few minutes now and let us know who you like in the Oaks? Yeah, we, we could. And and I think also, you know, I've had a, a few people kind of reach out to me and, and have asked me to kind of pass along the message to you. You know, what do you think of these big days? Do you like them? You know, I know personally that you're a big win bet player. Um, you know, yeah, over yeah. maybe some of the horizontal. You're not as horizontal crazy as as others are, but you know, oh, you these are great. Five, these you can get five to one or eight to one any day of the week, but you can't get these monster pools for the horizontals like you can on the pick threes and pick fours, except for you know Derby Day, Breeders' Cup, so on and so forth. So, what are your kind of favorite things to do, um, wagering wise? How do you approach each day? I'll play the pick fives. Uh, I think on Friday there's a pick five that starts in the first and then a pick five that starts in the seventh so those are low takeout and they have the opportunity to give you a lot of bang for your buck so the um i'll take by the way did you hear that they're going to do two separate pick six pools a 20 cent and a two dollar that's crazy yeah yeah um so i i will be getting involved in the early pick five pretty much all the pick fives i'd say on friday and saturday and then race by race we'll go some win wagers like for me what i always do is i'll have a horse i like the horse is 10 to 1 on the morning line in my head they're probably six to one, you know. So if they're six to one or over, I'll bet them. If they're five, if they're five to one or under, I won't. I've I've actually gotten a lot better in the last as I've gotten older. Of when I, it, it's okay 
to have picked a winner sometimes and to just say, you know what, that horse can win, but still shouldn't be this price. And so, and when they win, I used to get really mad. Like every time I didn't bet a horse or every time I didn't use a horse and they won, but you have to look back at it and say, you know what, over the long run, I had the right approach. If I continue to have this approach and play the better prices or uh, steer clear horses that I don't love that much, there's still going to be some times when some of them win, you know, uh, and, and it frustrates you. But I think I've got, I've, just improving a little bit and knowing what's smarter because I used to play so many like roll on pick threes and pick fours and stuff. And they just kill, kill your bankroll. Like it, it's harder. Um, it's hard sometimes very similar to baseball. Like you have to, to know that I, t- I made a good swing. I made a good swing. And, and that's what you have to keep doing is, is playing things smart, correctly, the right way. And then over the long run, it'll all pan out. And I've, I've really tried to start doing that the last maybe two or three years. Yeah, and I think that's a good mentality to have too, right? Because I used to kind of, you know, get into this mindset of, you know, I'm down 200 today. I got to get it back. And then oh, yeah. you try to get it back and you're down down 400. Whereas if you look at it as, you know what, there's tomorrow. There's nothing that I really, really like the rest of the day. Let's not, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to end up that day, you know, on the plus side, it's especially if you're a regular player, that's definitely for sure. You have to cut your losses short sometimes, but even for a weekend like this, you know, it's worth saving more bankroll for the races that you like than not. Um, you know, with that said, always like, yeah, and don't, and that's the thing. Don't feel like you want to save it all for the Derby or all for the Oaks or no, vice yeah. versa. Sure. Maybe don't empty it all out right before, like early on when you know you have a lot, a lot still to come, but it, like whatever you like the most just and, and that's what I've learned too is that pound it you know yeah. pound it pound it it doesn't matter like that's that's where that's where you have to make your money exactly it's, 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 I think that's simple like the simple with that you play against the house you know the house is gonna beat you until you know you have the one thing coming that you like and and you can take the house that day you can't take the house over and over and over but one day you could sure you, know, you can beat the house perfect example by the way uh, of what we're Gino and I are talking about is uh, for the guys and gals who have been listening to us, uh, you know, dating back to the most recent Breeders' Cup. My favorite play of the entire two days actually happened on the undercard. It wasn't in one of the big yeah. races at all with uh, Van Berg. Yeah, uh, won at I think fourteen to one or whatever it was, right? And that was the race that I actually put the most money into, um, and it ended up working out well for me on that particular day, because as the day went on, especially on that day one, ended up being pretty chalky. I mean, I think like the pick four paid, yeah, was ending paid like 90 bucks or something like that. Yeah. So it wasn't like a biggie. Um, but that's kind of where my maturity and growth has been as a player, which is just focus on the races that you like the most and don't, don't get feel overwhelmed. In, yeah. Into the, know. into the hoopla. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So, so let's, let's uh, find out what Emily does though. Yeah. I was going to say, we'll revisit this in, in a, a few moments, but we have our next guest on Emily Gullickson. Emily, who Emily, you're all over the place now. You're doing selections for um, I think a couple different tracks. We know you from Optics. You do some stuff. Uh, I, you were doing Southern California stuff, I think too. Um, tell us a little bit about what some of your day to day tasks are right now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all over the place. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, and I've really hello. enjoying hello, being on hold and yeah, listening <laughs> listening to your uh, conversation. So. So, yeah, so with Optics, um, I'm covering three tracks right now as far as doing trip notes, 
So that's uh, Woodbine, Indiana, and then uh, Southern California. I'm kind of on Southern California year-round. And I guess I'm closing out Tampa, so we have another week there. Um, I'm doing selections for Brisnet, both in Southern California and Indiana. And then, um, you know, just the assignment riding here and there for the big races when they come up. Uh, yeah, and to be honest oh, with you, I have a I, uh, on Woodbine the- as well. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of Woodbine, I was just going to quickly say, uh, you know, I'm obviously uh, uh, since getting to know you a little bit, especially through you know Twitter and stuff, um, I've seen that you're really, really good at Woodbine. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's a it's a fun circuit for me. I, you know, I like it. It's kind of like Southern California in the way that the horses that are there, you know, they're kind of there all the time, and it kind of yields to my style of play of looking at form cycle and. And kind of knowing, you know, a good race, bad race, when a horse is cycling into a good race, um, you know, if a certain win is good and bad, and, and you know, the public not necessarily able to, to spend as much time. I mean, this is my full-time job, so, so I get it, you know. Um, doesn't kind of catch those, you know, those nuances, and um, I try to, to pick up on those and make them, uh, make them a play of the day when I can. And you do a great job at that, Emily. We're always very happy to have you on. So big week coming up. We know you're busy. So much uh, going on in the next few days. Let's start on Friday with the Phillies. Friday is Oaks Day. And we have a field lined up with Bellafina as the favorite. So first off, I guess let's start with Bellafina. What are your thoughts on her? And if it's not her, who are some of the other ones you like? Sure. Yeah, I think I think it's important actually to kind of start the discussion with Bellafina because when you look at her, when you look at her resume, there's you know it's really hard to knock. I mean, she's been super consistent. She's won Grade One races, and she's just you know she's proven herself. Where a lot of these horses have just kind of been in and out. Maybe they're not quite fast enough. And, and Bellafina has been constant from that aspect. Um, that said, I, I'm a, I'm against her actually in this race, and it's it's not for a reason that. Um, for those reasons that I just mentioned. Um, and again, this kind of goes to what we were just talking about as far as form cycle. And I would say probably two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, one of the, one of her workouts came up online and, and I was watching it and I'm like, Some, something is off with her, like physically, right? And I've just been kind of monitoring that, you know, having to work on Southern California. And then when I, I look back at the races, and I can kind of see where, where this is coming from, and it's actually keying off of um, the Lost Virginia Stakes back in February. Um, that was, uh, you know, she won. She was, she was impressive. But that was a really, really, really hard race for her to win. Um, she had to do a lot of work and a lot of running. And I thought out of that race, if she was going to run back quick, she was going to be vulnerable. Um, off that race and she was actually entered at the on the Sunland Park Oaks um, a couple weeks later at scratch so she got enough time 56 days before running um, her final race going into the Kentucky Oaks the Santa Anita Oaks and um, you know she's impressive you know makes the, the wide move she wins by um, five and a quarter length but I, I have a feeling that race um, that race going two back and then that big win last out might have put her over the top and now she's coming back on 27 days. And so I just, you know, I have that, that concern that she just, she just might be vulnerable. I mean, she's going to, even though she's done a lot of running, she's going to run nine furlongs for the first time. She's going to catch a big field, you know, on a track. I know she's run here before. Um, it was kind of, again, kind of like the top of her form cycle, almost, you know, kind of a similar pattern, um, you know, fourth race type, type cycle. 
And, um, yeah, I just, I have concerns there. So, um, got to look elsewhere. And where, uh, where Tell elsewhere me. will we look? Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I have a horse that, um, I haven't seen that many people talk about and I kind of like her. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stab, but again, this kind of goes to form cycle and looking at races a few race back. And that's the number six positive spirit. Um, She's one of the few in this field that actually has a couple races at nine furlongs. So as far as, like, guessing, she can, you know, get the distance. She definitely can. And one of those races, she actually won um, the grade two Demoiselle at Aqueduct. Uh, visually, you know, even though she won by open length, there was probably some questions on that, you know, and people that look at speed figures, you know, maybe the speed figure was slow. She's kind of not that fast enough. And I think that's why people are, are kind of looking past her. But that race is important to key off of because December 1st was a day the track was, uh, I don't know what the correct term is, but the times came back slow. Um, and, uh, who is it? Country House ran on that day, um, right before he broke his main really impressively at Gulfstream. So a lot of horses that ran throughout that day on December 1st ended up coming back and improving. And I think that that race, even though, um, it was, it was kind of her best feed uh, speed figure at that point um, might have been a little bit more taxing than than uh, than it appeared, and so it wasn't a great trip in the Rachel Alexandra, but I don't think she was quite ready for that race. And then even going back into the Gazelle, um, she was forwardly placed, which I mean I know you know you watch a lot of videotape when a horse kind of runs out of their run style, they don't always run their best oh, race, yeah. and I think that was the yeah. case with her. Yeah, I think that was the case with her in that last race. So the fact that I think she has a move forward off that grade two win in back in December, and she's kind of coming into this race, she's got 27 days, that if she's going to run a big race, it could be in this spot. And I just think she's got the same running style as Bellafina um, and just sort of flying under the radar, you know, going to be a big price, and I'm going to take a stab. Like it. That's a great stab. Positive spirit for Emily. Yeah, as you mentioned, there's a couple horses like that I was handing and coming on the on the undercard. And it's just you see a horse, they get the in particular when horses that aren't I think it's the most pronounced, Emily, when it's a horse like this that's not used to being right on the lead. And then they're on the lead and they're kind of looking around like not not used to being in the front instead of having to, to pass a horse or two. So what you like right. and what right. and what's what's great about positive spirit too is that she isn't going to be like for a long shot. Obviously, you want the race to shape up well, but she should be in the race. I don't think she's as fast as some of the fastest in here, but she won't be far out of it. I don't think she's going to be too far no, back. So, yeah, you should get no, a great I run think for your money. You know, she's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think she's kind of she's kind of got the same style as Bellafina, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with this race shape shaping up, you know, Jaywalk, Motion to Motion. Serengeti Empress, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to cook. And, you know, a couple of these other horses are 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 pretty fast. So, um, yeah, I think her trip's going to be good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the race. Emily, I w- always like to ask uh, our guests in the horse racing realm, what kind of plays do they like? How are you going to play this? You know, um, I, I, you know, I'm not sure yet. I, I haven't, I haven't really kind of, um, got that far in i mean obviously like doubles you know playing like all the you know the multi-race stuff like that's that's a given but i mean i you know i don't really have like a specific answer for you unfortunately oh fair enough yeah i think you gave us the most important nugget anyways yeah 
Emily, yeah, I mean, gonna, you um, know, playing, playing the, the race and being against Bellafina, um, I mean, it would be silly for me to not play exactos and tries and trying to get her out sure. because it's going to be, you know, it's so, so obviously that's, you know, that's going to be a given. Um, I like chocolate kisses to run underneath. I think she's a little bit sneaky as far as her form. Um, I think she's going to get in there. So that's kind of, you know, and then I'll mess around with a few others, but those are definitely, um, wagers I'm going to play around with. Do you have a few minutes to stick with us, Emily? We're going to take a, a break right now, but we would love to, to have you for another five or 10 minutes so we can talk Derby. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we return, we'll shift our focus over to Saturday and we'll talk some Kentucky Derby with Emily. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps super bowl previews a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries we'll take your calls and emails right on the air former philadelphia eagle james loving is your host and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We are here with Optics Emily. Very happy to have Emily Gullickson back joining us uh, again to talk racing. Just got through the Oaks, and now we will shift our focus on to the Derby. Um, whether or not you like the horse, always a bummer when uh, a horse who gets this far and makes it into the Derby, and then a horse who's probably going to be favored in the Derby has to get scratched the morning of. But what, what were you? Were you cold, or like how were you feeling on Omaha Beach prior to the fact that now he's not in the race? You know, um, I, I, I was kind of of the opinion that I felt Omaha Beach 
improbable and game winner were really tough to separate. I kind of, I mm-hmm. really, I wasn't even going to try to separate those three. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, of course, you know, you, you feel horrible for the connections. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not really going to change the way that I play, um, play the race any, cause he wasn't really necessarily a key. He was kind of like a, a package deal with a couple others. And kind of like we did with Bellafina in uh, in the Oaks, you you almost kind of have to start with Baffert when you're talking about the Derby this year because he's going to have three horses who are all going to be you know the top in the top five betting choices. So as you mentioned, game winner and uh, and improbable. So it sounds like you like those two more than Roadster of the Bafferts at least. I do, yeah. I think, uh, you know, Roadster, he's still, compared to the other horses in the field, he's still a little bit on the on the slower side. Um, he's had, you know, he kind of got just a great ride last time. He got a yeah. perfect trip in the optional allowance. Um, you know, you can be forgiving of the Del Mar futurity. And then to break his maiden at Del Mar, I mean, Baffert was winning all of those races. So it's really, you know, he was impressive, but all of Baffert's debut horses were winning and being impressive. So I just haven't seen enough from him to, you know, to, to get really strong on him in the Derby. Of course, you know, you have Baffert and he's, you know, he's an excellent trainer and he's great at this race. So um, he has that going for him, but, but as a horse, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of iffy on him. Um, and then, yeah, as far as, uh, as far as game winner and, um, and I'm probable, um, we can start with game winner. I, I assume he's probably going to be the favorite. I mean, he's a juvenile champion of last year. He's coming into this race third off the layoff, which is positive. Um, and he's just, you know, he's run well this year and he's got kind of the right style for this race. Um, you know, he doesn't need to be forwardly placed, but he's tactical. He knows how to pass horses. Um, you know, he can make a move. He's fine. Like I, you know, there's really not much to knock, um, you know, on him as a horse, he's, he's fine. He's very logical. You know, if you have to pick a horse to like hit the board for your life, he's the one in the field, right. That you, you want to land yeah, on. Uh-huh. Um, Absolutely. And, and as far as, uh, as far as improbable, um, I mean, you know, kind of the same thing. I mean, he's been good in every single start. Um, you know, he's, if Omaha beach is a favor, he was right there with him. He probably didn't even get, you know, great trip at the Arkansas Derby ran really well. Um, you know, and, He's he's tough to knock as well. Um, you know, I guess maybe some some distance concerns, things like that. But um, you know, a lot of horses have that, so it's hard to hold it against him, even though it's probably at a shorter price. So, anyways, those two horses are kind of uh, kind of the same deal for me, and they'll be in um, in the exotics. Then uh, any so let let's move from the logical contenders to maybe some of the outside the box horses is, is there any horse that's in the like above 15 20 to 1 or so that you think has a shot to at least hit the board and spice things up you know i well i mean as far as far as that goes i mean to to hit a board to hit the board at a price and then i'll talk about the horse that i'm probably going to end up keying um you know cutting humor i think uh is definitely kind of one of those horses and sort of the same thing with um with country house you know they just kind of seem like the type of horses that are going to stay around for the distance and again, kind of have the right style to get in there. Um, the horse that I'll, you know, I'll mess around at a price and again with the scratch and you kind of just look at him and he's probably, there's no reason why this horse should be above uh, 20 to one, let alone like 15 um, is win, win, win. And it, you know, it's another horse that just, he hasn't really done anything wrong and he's just progressed. Um, you know, he was good. He was good as a, 
as a two-year-old, and then he came back at Tampa um, to make his first start at three and was extremely impressive. I mean, I know Pasco's not a, a graded stake race, but that was a that was a graded stakes effort. I mean, that was just so strong. On optics, you know, we grade races. Um, he's one of the few horses that actually earned an A-. minus. I mean, it was that good of a race. Um, and then he ran well in the Tampa Bay Derby. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a good trip, wasn't a good start. And then he showed run. He showed some grit, you know, to get into the race and, and third. And then the same amount of grit in the bluegrass. Um, racing against the bias, he got stopped on the, on the turn, and then he kept closing. And I just, you know, I just like this horse. It's kind of the horse that, that, that I, I want to mess around with in this type of race because I think the pace scenario is, it's not really muddy, but it kind of just leads to nobody's really favored. You know, no type of running style is really favored. And so I want a horse that's just going to, like, be able to make moves, be able to close, and he's just going to keep running and show some grit. And he just kind of has he has that coming into this race in his uh, third race of the form cycle. Emily, are there any races, um, you know, outside of the Derby and the Oaks that, uh, you're, you're, you know, kind of are intriguing to you? Um, you know, I've looked at, I've looked at all the races. Um, uh, I wish I was kind of more prepared. Are there any that you no, guys okay. are? I was just uh, <laughs> throwing a curveball out there at you. Uh, you know what? Um, you know, I, I don't have like the race names in front of me, but the, uh, on, on Oaks day, the, um, the eighth race, the I think that's a, that's yes. The lottery. Um, I think that's a, that's a good race to play. I feel like the favorites are soft in there. Um, you know, Secret Spice coming out of a, a perfect trip on the Baltus Barn was hot at Santa Anita. And then I think Blue Prize is really vulnerable. She was set to run in the grade three double dog dare. And when that track came on sloppy, um, you know, I, I, they probably called an audible to run in this race. And, I, you know, that's just not something I'm a big fan of, you know, when, especially for a grade one on a big day. Um, I mean, she's good. She's logical, but she's got to come off the layoff. And two horses in there at a price that that um, I, are worth including. Um, Teresa Z, I think she'll fly under the radar just based on connections, but um, she's a really good route mare. And then um, Mopatism, um, she's very sneaky in the spot. She ran, um, she kind of ran, not even kind of, she ran the exact same pattern going into the distaff last year, starting off her form cycle with a turf race and then ran three dirt races. Um, and then, and then peaked in the distaff and, you know, the class was a little bit too high and the distance a little bit too far. Um, this distance is much better for her, for her. She's shorter. So I think, um, I think she's sitting on a, on a good race. Um, and then trying to see if anything on, uh, Kentucky Derby day. Um, yeah, nothing that I can really. I don't know. Is there a race on there that you guys uh, were Let, discussing or find is tricky? Well, what do we, what do, we do with Instagram in, in cutting back in the Pat Day mile? He, he's going to be probably one of the, the shorter price favorites that we see all weekend. He was so good at two. And, you know, he's come back at three. He hasn't really run poorly. Is he an absolute standout in there or do you, you try to beat him? Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think he's I don't think he's vulnerable. So let me put it that way. I think that yeah, he's, um, sure. I think that he's, he's very logical. You know, he looks very strong on optics. I mean, his speed figures, when you look at the rest of the field are, you know, they're, they're very high compared to his competitions and he's got just kind of the right running style, you know, for the race. He's got speed, he can kick. So I, you know, I have a hard time going against him in this race. 
Um, there's a horse in there at a price that I think is is very interesting. Um, Market King. Oh yeah, and I, I think love that it. Top pick there. Yes. yes. Is it? Yeah, it is. Okay, I love great. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I think this horse is just you know his last race in the bluegrass. Uh, people are just going to kind of ignore him, and um, his two year old races were, I don't think he was ready to start his two-year-old season is basically what it comes down to. He just physically kind of just didn't look as mature. And since he's come back um, in October when he started at Churchill and then kind of going up through the Rebel, he's kind of hit his stride. And so if you just kind of chop those two races off the bottom and then chop that one off the top, um, he's really logical in this race. Yeah, and even if you just are watching the races visually, he's always in the mix till about the mile marker like he, he's he's in it he's trying hard he's flashing some speed he's hanging around and then it's like right about the mile a little after a mile or so that's when he seems to just kind of tire and so the form gets a little muddied sometimes when you see him getting beaten you know that long at longer distances but i think this turnback will be excellent for him so glad you mentioned market king because what i will say emily um you know all of us as as gamblers and as handicappers we have i think pretty big egos in are in the horses we like and in the work that we do and if if i was ever going to tell someone out there to go purchase a package or to follow someone on twitter and if there's ever a day when i wouldn't look at the races i completely and blindly trust you emily you do a great job we're always happy to ha- have you on and yeah i think you are one of the absolute best handicappers out there so really keep up the good work and thanks again for coming on with us and i second that thank you so much uh, you can't see me but i'm blushing right now so thank you so much <laughs> thank awesome. you so much emily good luck this weekend hope you kill it thank you you too Emily, great awesome. job, man. She does a great yeah. job. And what I like about Emily, too, is she just has, like, a like a little different perspective, you know? Like, yes. when you talk with someone, she's not really just giving you super basic stuff. That's what I like. It's just a, it's a little outside-the-box thinking. She's very smart, and she does a great job. I, I always enjoy listening to her and, uh, and reading her stuff. She's a great follow on Twitter, at EmilyOpticsEQ. Mike, yeah. we only have a few minutes, so let, let's start rolling. T- uh, Give us a few of your plays through the weekend or, or any horses you like. Either way, Oaks, Derby, go for it. Yeah, let's uh, let's start with the Oaks. Um, you know, for me, I I, I did discard Bellafina. I'm going to chuck her out like Weave. Um, and I think maybe you said that you were going to do the same as well. Um, to me, I, I look at it and I see that uh, her one race at Churchill, granted it was a very difficult race in Breeders' Cup, but um, didn't fare to, so well. And so when I see that, I'm like, you know, I like to see a horse if they've run there, that they won there. Um, and if they didn't, that they ran competitively. But I didn't. That was her only race, really, that um, she, she didn't do very well. So I'm going to go with Restless Rider, the 14, Jaywalk, the 7, and number 5, Flor de la Mar. Those are going to be my three key horses up and down exactas, exacta boxes, tries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then on uh, maybe some tries uh, where I use those three with those three to use out for a spin, Lady Apple, and Chocolate Kisses in the uh, third slot. I like so, uh, cho- Chocolate Kisses is, is my play uh, is my price play in there. I'm ten fourteen okay. two, so I have Champagne Anyone, Restless Rider, 
and Chocolate Kisses. I think, like, I would feel pretty comfortable with those three horses, like, if I was alive closing. Because I, I think Champagne Anyone's going to be really tough. And Restless Rider's always there. Those two look like they're going to get the setup. I think yep. Chocolate Kisses comes flying. Let's shift over quickly to the Derby because we only have a minute or two, Mikey. So what yep. are your thoughts for the Derby? Game winner is the winner. I, That's my top choice. Right, right behind. I'm not very sexy pick. I apologize. No, nah, you about know that, what? But. Game winner. He was my top selection all the way up until last night, and he's still my second selection. But I slightly just moved Tacitus above him, and and I think the only reason why is because I'm hoping I could get maybe double the price that I'm getting on game winner on Tacitus. That Fair was enough. Okay. The reason why I went, but I think th- I have those two. Basically, I have Baffert and Mott. I have uh, Tacitus. Game winner, country house, and improbable. Those are my top four. So okay, mine are a- game winner, improbable, the coma, and maximum security. Okay, like that. So a little bit of uh, difference there, but um, like always, folks, if you are want to have uh, ask any questions or you want to interact with us, we'd love to do so with you on Twitter. You could follow me at it's me Gino B Mike Abadir on Twitter also. And, uh, Mike, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be watching the races on Friday and Saturday and, and talking. So we'd love to, uh, to go back and forth with anyone out there who's watching. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a quick one liner on game of Thrones, they picked up the pace, they got the oh, battle yeah. done. And kind of like we talked about, I thought that they were going to win and that the bigger you battle is that. yet to come. Oh, you, you did call that. You did call that. That was, I gotta, gotta give you Pat on the back for that one. Mike, uh, great show, quick show. It flew. Thank you to Emily. Thank you to Dave and best of luck this weekend, Mike. Yeah, you too, G. And uh, I hope everybody has a tremendous sports weekend. And let's see if uh, Cody Bellinger can kind of knock on the doorsteps of Ted Williams. We'll talk more baseball coming next week. Have a tremendous wagering Derby Oaks weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.